0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: All right, well, then let's go, Joanne. We're We're, we're starting. We're, we're hey, back guys. at we're back at the Waffle House. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you? We
1: we we missed you. Our listeners miss you. I got a lot of messages. Where's Joanne?
0: I've had messages from people. I blame How's you.
1: I blame you always. <laughs> I say, Joanne well, yeah, jo- is my fault. Joanne is just did, being distant.
0: Just <laughs> being emotionally unavailable. You're, you're, I, exactly,
1: that is exactly what I say. Joanne is being emotionally unavailable. Yeah. But uh, so. So how have you been? I've got a few questions about your life.
0: Fine. Your your background looks a lot more glamorous than mine. I'm self-isolating in what I thought was going to be a really glamorous seaside hotel in oh, is that
1: oh, oh, really? So you're you actually, you're forced, to, you're like on a government isolate, yeah?
0: No, I'm not. But I can't self-isolate with my mother because she's terrified I'm going to kill her because I'm coming from the UK. I don't have it. I've been tested twice for the last month for telework. Yes, and I'm actually getting an antibody test tomorrow or the next day.
1: All oh, right. I mean, but, you surely have the antibodies after that experience that you had.
0: Yeah, i I Yeah, but this is the thing. I guess they just can't. Um, they're just giving you blanket rules, really, aren't they? So we're all just we just have to fucking go along with the rules, anyway. Whatever about that. Oh, I so like, you're well, so
1: sorry. You're isolating in the hotel because you're worried about your mum.
0: Well, my mum's more worried about herself. I would isolate it in the house. She was like, you're probably riddled. You know, there's there's an assumption that the UK is literally like dissolving from the inside out. And that we're all just like, like it's in us like maggots. So she's worried. She's in her 70s. Anyway.
1: I think it's completely understandable that Irish people have a fear of the English
0: or do you mean historically or now?
1: <laughs> i'm just kidding around i'm just kidding <laughs> so
0: <laughs> we're like trying to colonize their health system now yeah exactly i don't know why i say we obviously i'm not fucking english yeah but, uh, anyway so i i was like do you know what treat yourself to you Look, no i'm doing 10 days in this hotel and i'll finish the rest of it up in my mum's house um because i'm not paying for two weeks in a hotel and then i'll just stay in my mom's house which um
1: so what are you in the I Marine Are you in the Marine Hotel?
0: I'm in the Royal Marine Hotel, yeah. Well, wow. honestly does I had a better view of the sea from Clapham. I can't see a thing. I'm looking out you,
1: over why didn't you ask for a sea view?
0: Because I don't have the balls. Well it it can't be crowded there. It can't be busy. I don't know. I guess they probably want more money from me if I. I didn't know they didn't say when I booked the room. They just gave me a price. They didn't go. Do you want a sea view? Now, to be honest, I'm being really tight at the moment. I probably wouldn't have paid for the sea view, but they never offered it to me. I didn't realize that I was going for a car park view. They didn't tell me that. Yeah, but you, are you're by a hotel. The pictures on the website are <laughs> way nicer than what I'm looking at here. Like it's a no, like I don't want to speak too badly about the Royal Marine because I think. I'm gonna just be kind and say, if you deal with the liquor paint. that's all I'm gonna say.
1: Yeah, well, I think that hotels and like rental properties were were catfishing before catfishing was a thing. I think it's one of the one of the, one of the standard catfishes. You know, a uh, wide angle lens, like a fisheye lens, making everything yeah. look bigger.
0: Oh, but like I've seen, like what was sold to me was a completely different room. This room, it's like it's like someone came here in the eighties did it up and then died in it. It's just brown leather. The couch is the color of, there's no other word for diarrhea. It's not even a brown leather couch. It's like, it's like when a dog's been really sick. It's that color.
1: So you feel like this is, this is like when you're having an affair and you really feel bad about yourself?
0: Yeah. I mean, this is where everyone came to have affairs in, in between 1990 and 2004. The Royal Marine was where, where people came to have affairs. This was the sexy hotel. It's yeah. really lost its touch. But you're the queen now, of the
1: south side. You're the queen of the south side. I can't believe they didn't give you a. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't give you a sea view. I feel like I feel like when Joanne McNally shows up, it should be like, oh, Joanne, the you know, the I'm donkey not Ryan queen. Tuberty.
0: If I was Ryan Toberty, they probably have riled out the fucking red carpet. But you're there, like no, one sure.
1: If you were Ryan Toberty going to the Royal Marine, now I'd say everything would be on the down low. <laughs> yeah, everything would be on the
0: down low. But anyway, we're
1: only joking around here. I don't want to get in any trouble. You know.
0: <laughs> it's not like ryan or the royal marine
1: yeah exactly so but yeah uh, it
0: isn't it isn't the seaside getaway that i thought it was going to be you know but if i walk out the front door and and down outside and pass like it's a bagel and, and walk past the library that's blocking my view i can't see the sea. So God, nice.
1: it, it's a bagel i mean i remember when it's a bagel was one of the most exciting openings in in oh, dublin no. i used to love getting it's a reuben it's a reuben bagel from it's a bagel Oh man, and go for a walk. Know, go for a walk excited. in the pier, get a walk in the pier and go to It's a bagel is It's a bagel still there, yeah?
0: Still there, yeah. Good Keys for them. Out the door. Good,
1: good for them. I, I mean I always rooted for that business.
0: The, the front of the seats, and this is boring to anyone who's not from here, but like Deliri, it's it's like, what is going on? Come on. Like it just needs it, just I feel like it still needs a resuscitation. That shopping center needs to be floored and rebuilt from scratch. It's oh, God. so depressing and grim. Anyway, well, we won't. Scary, yeah, you,
1: we're, we're very it's we're. I, I keep saying it, but we're up to 70 percent U.S. listeners now. We got we can't be just two Irish. Oh, grand.
0: Know? Right. Fine, fine, fine. Yeah. All so, the last thing I'll say is Delirium needs a TK Maxx. It would turn the whole town around. That's all I'm going to say.
1: But the pier must be the pier must be hopping, though, with all the social distance walking.
0: Hopping. Teddy's ice cream looks like a, a, a bulletproof van now with all the like up and everything <laughs> world ads. Uh, new world
1: so the other thing i want to talk to you about is you're, you're you're really you're really pushing to get back doing live work i mean you are the person that i see adding these shows now have you actually done any of them yet
0: no none and i like i've been cancelled so many times i feel like fucking Louis ck <laughs> <laughs> everything <laughs> you think you should do um, cancelled. But I'm obviously there's a level of delusion and there's a level of wanting something to do and something to like work towards. So I just keep booking these shows and then they keep getting rescheduled. But I still feel like They're flying. The tickets are flying out the door. Now, of course, they're flying out the door because the rooms are so small because. Yeah. And people are
1: dying to be able to do something.
0: People are dying to go out. Yeah. So I'm doing sometimes I'm doing like three shows a day. Which It's basically, it's like I'm doing Panto now.
1: Yeah. But when are you? But, you know, when's the first one supposed to happen? Did the Waterford ones get cancelled?
0: Waterford was rescu- so Waterford's happening next week next Thursday, Friday Waterford's happening right? and that's so sad I love that venue Central Arts and it's closing down did you see this my shows are the last shows and then it's gone oh
1: I didn't know that see that's the beginning of the real the real, I know. consequence of COVID for the entertainment industry
0: yeah fuck the dead people it's the Waterford Central Arts that's what we need to worry about but joking aside it is actually really sad to see venues like that go like it really is they were perfect for people like me who can't sell the opera house or whatever the big rooms in waterford are what are they can't remember you know, well yeah i
1: mean i think now you could do the uh, theater royal you know
0: i might give it a go yeah it's anyway 450 like or time.
1: something 450 but uh anyway uh but yeah, you know,
0: be, was... i'm announcing tour dates every day i'm announcing tour dates
1: i know you keep <laughs> like announcing ghost, stuff bro? yeah I, i'm the opposite i just keep like people keep coming at me being like let's give this a shot and i'm like nah i, I mean i'm waiting till the vaccine
0: well, you've retired
1: now, basically, haven't you? I have no, right. not. I, excuse me. I'm in the middle of a tour. I'm in the middle of the Mia Mama tour. I have not retired.
0: You're not my- in the middle of a tour, Dad. Come on now. You're no, sitting
1: in the- a- No, I know. But the, the point is that my life went on hold. I'm supposed to yeah, be in Ireland exactly. right now. I'm supposed to be, you know, Mia Mama is supposed to be back up and running this weekend based on the reschedules. Yeah, I, I'm not yeah. retired. I'm fucking sat down because of COVID. Don't, don't, don't let the the illusion of how nice this is. It's lovely. But I'd rather be working.
0: Of course,
1: but I'm not. Would you
0: though? Would you rather be working though? Because I I, ask myself this question all the time.
1: No, I'd rather be working, but full, full, full capacity stuff. I'm not because because of because of Hannah and because of my situation being so nice. I'm not going back to do thirty percent venues. And actually, it's it's less about the thirty percent venues. It's more about uh, the travel and the quarantine. For the for such a, a thing that could be cancelled so easily, I'm not traveling back I there know. to end up because like Aiden Aiden went back thinking that he was going to be able to run the international at about thirty people a night, and then they started this wet pubs thing. So so he's now it's great. He's back there with Anna. He's back there with his girlfriend, and he's happy. But at the same time, you know, two weeks ago he was waking up and going to the beach. Now he's waking up and going to fucking spar for yeah, you know,
0: I know, for I know. fucking
1: flavins, you know.
0: I know, and like I I, I I've been I quarantining for a corporate that got canceled and then quarantining for another corporate that got canceled. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty heartbreaking at times.
1: And by the way, I'm not dissing. He lives in my house. If anyone's taking offense at that, I'm making fun of my own house. I'm not saying that I don't like my life in Rialto. I'm just saying that, like, if you're not working, it's better to be not working across the street from the ocean.
0: Listen, if I'd like a stockpile of cash like you did, if I'd been doing like 60 vicar streets in a row and I'd all, and I was sitting on a fucking mound of cash, I'd be swinging out of the Hamptons as well. Trust me. But my other fear is I'll actually forget how to do stand-up. Like when the when the clubs opened in the UK, I was so happy because it's like trying to go back to the gym. You're like, shit, I don't I need to I need to get back into it, you know. Yeah, but Otherwise it doesn't you're take just it doesn't be like a robot. No, it no, doesn't it, take
1: long. It doesn't take long. Like I did one outdoor show weeks ago. Uh, and it was just such a pain going into Manhattan that I didn't bother doing it again. I got a flat on the way back, but I, I definitely wasn't my best. I was doing like, I, I deliberately picked the bits that roll off my tongue the most, but they wouldn't be the bits that I need to be working on. But at the same time, it's quite natural once you're up there.
0: Yeah, it is. I
1: don't think it would take more than five shows. But like, it, when Mia Mama gets back up, or, they, see, the problem with Mia Mama is that like, I just love that show so much. Like it's so close to my heart that it's killing yeah. me. It's killing me that I have to wait so long. The only good thing about it is actually I've experienced so much like, like a greater emotional understanding of grief and I've had so many like emotional breakthroughs from literally doing nothing, having no distractions for months and months and months. I actually think that I'll have a better understanding of what I'm saying, you know?
0: Yeah, like I, I was, I was talking to well another comic. I'm not going to name him, but was he was talking about kind of the ups, the, the psychological ups and downs of lockdown, and he was saying he just kind of hit, he just hit a wall, like he just hit an absolute wall, questioning everything he's ever done in his life. Which is, I know it's not exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about grief, but. It was the same. I told him them one day I had to speak. I told you this, didn't I? I spoke to a therapist in the morning and a psychiatrist in the afternoon. <laughs> so I was like, I was thinking so, I was literally going back over like breakups of when I was like 14. Like the going into your own head is like nothing I've ever experienced in my life before. It's like yeah, well, solitary confinement. It's like what i it's like why I imagine solitary confinement is so traumatic for people. It's each, all you can do is think of all the shit that you've done wrong,
1: yeah. All well, living too. in living in your own head is a dangerous place. Like in early recovery, that was always like, and you know, nowadays, I feel like it's just much more public knowledge, but just it was constantly drilled into us that, like being stuck with your thoughts is such a dangerous place to be because they are not facts they are just yeah. your perception of situations and they are so susceptible to the environment and then once they trigger emotions the emotions trigger more thoughts and then you 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 you're just lost in a complete spiral
0: yeah a spiral
1: and, but that, that that is the problem with like I feel like in a way the pandemic particularly for us now I'm not I'm not saying that we're that different but when you're a comedian there is there is a lot of distraction in your life a very exciting distraction a lot of fight or flight a lot of highs and lows and when that is taken away from you, it is a little bit like coming off of drugs because you are left—you yeah. are left with a lot more thoughts, and you're left—you you lose the, the 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 buzz, the rush, the thing that kind of gives you a sense of being alive. So you have to yeah. you have to come to terms with yourself more. That's not easy.
0: No, it's not. It's the worst. That was the thing. Is that it's like this? You know. I was like, oh my God, if I'm not on stage, what am I
1: doing? Who am I? Who, who are you? Who yeah, are you? I'm See, that, that right is... The-
0: I was like, oh my God, who <laughs> am I? I'm like Googling psychiatrists and like medication and all. Oh my God, it was a shite, mare.
1: But listen though, That's but
0: that is... I'm the- so enthusiastic to get back on stage because it just distracts me from myself. Which is, yeah. Who the fuck wants to be in their own head all day? Nobody.
1: A hundred percent. But then it, it does ask the deeper question, which I've always challenged I've always been challenged by which is how much of your identity is tied into your job how much of your identity is tied into this thing of you are a stand-up comedian you are a live performer you are a public person you know and coming to what would you think well I think think, I mean my own personal judgment of myself I in my own personal judgment of that would be too much you know like a sense of losing that would be quite a difficult thing to come to terms with that, that yeah. that's my that's my personal judgment of myself now I don't know because I am literally in the middle of not having as much work and I'm doing okay but I would think that I would find right now in my my thinking brain I would think that it's it would be very difficult for me to live without that persona slash occupation
0: yeah, I agree. But there's no, the, the lines between. But it's so new. It's so new. There are, there is no line. There's no line.
1: I know, but it's so new for you. It's very interesting that you 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 feel that too.
0: Yeah, but I was like that from day one. So, well, no, sorry. I was, so I've always been like that. It was like, either I was like really into bulimia or then I was like really into my boyfriend and now I'm really into that. St- like I'm like, I, I'm obsessive. I get yeah, well, obsessed with things.
1: We're the same. You're always We're s-
0: looking for so it's that sense of purpose. So originally, my purpose was like be really thin. Like, do you know what I mean? Be thin. That was the most interesting and exciting thing I could do in my life. And then it was love, and now it's this. Which comedy feels like a healthier option than fucking puking up your meal or like becoming obsessed with a man. So I'm happy. Now,
1: yeah. So let me ask you this now: When you talk to the therapist, does a therapist ever challenge you on like? you know, you, you should try to find some sense of, of worth outside of these things? Do they ever challenge you on that?
0: Yeah, she's always telling me to like read self-help books and everything. She do, No, she, she does. Yeah, she does. Like we've talked before about how comedy is you're um, expelling yourself all the time. Is that the right description? So you're always having to have opinions on things and have ideas about things and where is the comedy in that and do I have an opinion on that and I should have an opinion on that and blah, 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 blah. Whereas actually it's really nice to just take time where you're just absorbing things rather than yeah. just trying to figure out what you think about things. Sometimes it's great to not have an opinion on anything. So she's always telling me just like read, like don't write for a week. It's where I was writing all the time. I think I stress about not writing way more than I write, but I stress about not writing a lot. So that's quite stressful.
1: Yeah. And I think I've had therapists challenge me on that too. Uh, This sense that whatever you experience has to immediately be given away, or certainly it has to be filtered. It has to be filtered through your brain and, and packaged in a way that is then for public consumption. You can actually, you can skip the part where you get a better understanding of what it means for yourself, or even you can skip the part where you just fucking feel it and you just experience, Experience it.
0: Yeah, the stress of it I suppose because with comedy you're always trying to make your own work and all your deadlines are your own and you can tour around you in the same show for the rest of your life if you want. You it's you're responsible for making the show better and funnier and all that stuff. So you kind of you do take that on a lot. So it's it's it is like a vocation, I think, to be honest, without sounding very wanky about it. If you want to be good, I think it's basically you have to be obsessive about it. I think. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, and and like it's so competitive. It's basically like a fucking blood sport. Like, so either you commit to it one hundred percent, or you're wasting your time. That's my feeling on it.
1: Do you ever wonder? That's why why
0: I'm. I've no kids and no husband. Sorry, go on.
1: No, I was going to say, like, do you ever wonder why you care so much? Because, like, when you all the all the sports, all the sports documentaries, like all the documentaries about people who end up achieving greatness, really, or certainly even just achieving you know, amazing things. There's a huge amount of sacrifice and like, none of them seem super happy. Like I didn't watch the Michael Jordan documentary and think like, wow, this guy seems really fulfilled. I I actually, it it feels like he's like never happy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I guess like, obviously, yes, if you're operating at his level. But, and I do remember t- uh, listening to Catherine Ryan once, who I really love. I think she's such a great stand up. Yes. And she she was, I was watching an Insta story of hers and she was on her way. oh, sorry about that. She was on her way to do a show somewhere. I don't know where. And um, she was laughing because they'd said to her, Do you need any guest list? And she was laughing, going, Ha ha ha, as if I have friends anywhere in any in, town in, to in exeter yeah exactly yeah she's like no friends like and that really resonated with me and i was like oh shit like you do sacrifice all that stuff because you're traveling all the time and you're working nights and but i think i think there's still time for that in the future. i mean look at you you fell in love at 50 44 you're an inspiration 44
1: Whatever. she moved in last night
0: no Exciting! Yeah. Oh, now, that's so
1: exciting! No, I will say that like somebody moving in less than three months would be uh, crazy normally, but it's a little bit of a COVID situation. You know, like it's it's yeah. it's slightly COVID related. So I, I put it down as a hundred percent. It's it's a move in, but it it doesn't it didn't it wasn't like a lot of conversation or anything like that. It was just kind of like it's just as handy for you to stay here as staying your parents, and you know. It's great i'm a
0: bit i'm big into that i'll slip into a house as soon as they turn a blind <laughs> you, eye on you,
1: you you slide into a new boyfriend's a house as easy as a d- as a dm yeah <laughs> yeah
0: Basically, yeah i'll just slip in he's like you haven't left in three months i'm like surprise i live here now yeah if it's good go with it why not oh
1: yeah, oh, yeah. No, this is
0: left i got
1: now. i got no we're time on. we're we're cracking on so listen it, it this that early conversation which number one wasn't planned but number two it actually is a nice little intro into the other thing we said we were going to talk about which was the Paris Hilton documentary because definitely one of the themes that I took out of that doc was you know you none of this shit really brings you happiness because you, you couldn't look at her and think she seems like a fulfilled person I mean whatever we can talk about how odd the documentary was or whatever but just as a as an as a starting point from what we're talking about there's a perfect example of somebody who's just constantly striving for something that doesn't really seem to give anything back.
0: Yeah, I know. I think I think you can also, if you if you don't have a lot of um, big connections in your life, it's kind of chicken or egg. Like if you don't have a lot of big connections in your life, you can fill your time. You can put all your time into your job because nothing interferes with it but also then because you're putting all your time into your job you can't make big connections i did think it was that i thought the. i thought what, what hold on what did you think about the documentary first you okay. tell me
1: so overall it's difficult to talk about right because there is this one very interesting part of the documentary which requires uh you know respect and thoughtfulness about the nature of trauma and despite it being easy to dismiss somebody's trauma because they have the majority of their life has been quite charmed. Trauma affects people in different ways. And that's like a real trauma that she was, that she was dealing with. So you, you don't want to be dismissive of that. However, at the same time, there is 45 minutes at least of that documentary, which is like an ad for Paris Hilton yeah. that didn't seem to fit for me in that the more interesting story is... Paris Hilton, despite her public persona, had a very difficult adolescence, and that difficulty has sort of weaved its way through her life, and is a is a real thing. So I kind of felt like the documentary should have constantly been jumping off from the trauma rather than leaving it out there as if th- this big reveal at the end.
0: Yeah, I agree. I thought it was um, odd. It was definitely I definitely like, fucking I odd. <laughs> I get what they were tra- I get what they were trying to do it, and I just okay here's what I think I think they're basically trying to get us to reconsider Paris Hilton as a celebrity again because she really just fell out of the limelight completely and I think what when she first started out she gave us this very vacuous empty that's hot character he's looked yeah. like a baby intentionally had no depth because that was what was kind of funny about her and it and the simple life and all that yes. stuff and um so now she's saying look that was a character and for one I'm I'm delighted it is because she was awful uh and it was funny and she, people loved to hate her that was kind of the thing people yes. just loved to hate her and she kind of she she ver- she was very um unapologetic about the privilege because that was tr- trendy at the time and now that's not trendy anymore so I think she's think she's she's it's, it's and now she's re- heavily leaning on this Provo Canyon, this residential treatment center she was in, of course, whatever happened to her in adolescence. And I think it bangs to me, and I'm not taking away from that. That sounds horrific. And I believe her tears were absolutely real. And I think any parent agreeing to have their child abducted in the middle of the night, probably go to a residential treatment center themselves, like I that would absolutely stay with you for a long, long time. It did feel to me though that it was kind of milking the whole. Trend at the moment for like trauma porn, like now that's what's trendy. So before that's hot was trendy, and now she's like, look at me, I have nuance, I have depth. I had a really shit time in my teens. Reconsider me as a celebrity, and like it with the fucking status, like the documentary dropping cash out of her bag. Her constantly talking about how successful she is in korea i think was
1: it <laughs> yeah um, korea yeah
0: <laughs> it finds there was a bang of i'm big in japan there was just a bang of i'm big in japan and look and when she's standing in her huge big wardrobe full of shoes and she's like none of this means anything yeah. to me it's like <laughs> that's a fucking lie paris not to mention yeah that's away all his money during the week
1: yeah yeah but not to mention it's offensive it's offensive because it's like Why i know it's not offensive because it's like, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's like, yeah, but for the majority of the world, they would be desperate for one of those pairs of fucking shoes. Don't yeah, completely I fucking know. dismiss it, you know?
0: Yeah, I know. It's like you're trying to tell us that you've depth and you, you do, of course you do. You're a human, of course you have death. But don't tell us us in your walk-in closet when you're surrounded by about £3 billion worth of clothes. And then in the same documentary that tells us you've never been photographed in the same thing twice, tell us it doesn't mean anything to you. you I get that you've created this character and now you you want to break free of that character. That's fine. Like, of course, we all are entitled to evolve and change. And I could be a political comic in five years' time. I mean, it's unlikely. But, you know, but I just think it weighed too heavily on the Provo Canyon thing. I, I yeah. just... I just the whole thing kind of jarred for me. Well, for me and then personally, reviews I, be like, "How oh, brave? I'm, how brave for her to reveal her real voice? How that
1: brave? Yeah, that's not <laughs> fucking brave. I mean, what would I? I personally think what would have been brave is if she actually fronted a documentary about how fucked up these schools are, while fueling yeah. it, fueling it with her own personal story, and also including in that sense of I did actually have a traumatic adolescence." Here's a new way of looking at my persona that suggests that actually my obsession with work, the sex tape, uh, uh, numerous yeah. other things that you perceive as me being cold and distant are actually just ways for me to hide from the fact that, you know, I'm I'm quite traumatized. You know, tell me that story, but, but put at the forefront the fact that a lot of people suffered from these places and really out what these places are like. Then I think that's an interesting yeah. documentary. Whereas basically like... being like an advertisement for like Paris as a real person. And then adding to that with this trauma, like as if that really gives it credence. I'm just not buying it. Especially when at the end she's basically like, no, I'm just going to keep being obsessed with my brand. It just, it it, it, it rings hollow. It rings hollow for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. It felt like an ad. It felt like a sponsored post for Paris to remind us about how successful she is and what an amazing businesswoman she is but also asking us to feel sorry for her. And and you know what, right? I love hearing a backstory. I love it. And every it, it, Paris is a great example of, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors and all that shit. But I prefer when people don't force us to feel sorry for you. Just tell us your story and then we'll more than likely feel sorry for you anyway and you'll seem more human to us and you'll seem more real. But like the constant talk, she's saying she's nightmares every night. No, I don't know. It was a very... Hollywood attempt at image rehab, if you know what I mean. Yes,
1: I I agree, and I also think that for somebody who's achieved as much as Paris Hilton, the importance upon which she put her set at Tomorrowland just doesn't fucking add up for me either, you know? It's just like constant, it was just a constant like, this is the biggest thing that I've ever done, and my drunken fucking Russian is trying to ruin it.
0: (laughs) Actually, do you know what? I actually thought, the things that I really liked in the documentary were when she talked about the sex tape, and she was so right and we all know it anyway that would never happen now like yes now she'd be seen as a victim of uh sexual assault basically yes. she'd be seen as a victim of revenge porn and um, something your mom would probably have suffered repercussions at the time she was blamed she was slut changed. that was absolutely yes. shocking hearing your t- hearing her talk about that was fascinating i would have heard yes. i would have liked to have heard more about that the tomorrow thing was also fascinating because i was like her boyfriend is a prick yeah,
1: so and he, was, the- he
0: was like gaslighting her before she went on and like totally trying to fuck with her head because she's about to do this massive thing and he feels undermined because she's kind of sniping at him because she's obviously stressed and he wouldn't leave I've had a man do that to me before Before something really big and we're fighting and I'm like I'm about to do this really big thing just to tell me it's okay so that I can go on stage and enjoy what I'm about to do and he wouldn't do it and it's so fucked up. And that her boyfriend did the exact same thing to her. And I really felt for her in that scene. No, I did and too. I did and too. She remembers just... on stage who she is. And actually, she doesn't need this little fucking prick. <laughs> she doesn't need his validation. But walking up to the stage, she thought she did. And then she gets out there and she remembers, I don't need him, little prick. And then he sees what's happening. And then after he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, rip off his wristbands.
1: <laughs> I love that. He well, he's it. a drunken idiot, but I also was just like, "Why are you trying to pretend that this guy is the guy? Like, he's clearly not the she guy." Probably,
0: because she's desperate for love, and I don't think that's anything to do with the Provo Canyon. I think that's to do with fame and alienation and loneliness and isolation. I don't know, maybe it is, but like we all do that. We've all tried to make things work with people. You're like, it's toxic, Chernobyl level toxic, and you're like, oh, but just maybe if I do this and he does this, we can make it work. I've been there. We've all been there. Come on.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I, I. I I was fascinated by uh, by the documentary. I, I didn't enjoy it, though. It was, like, boring to me, mostly, except for literally those two bits, the boyfriend bit and the, uh, you know, the, the, the Provo Canyon thing was, was, was kind of interesting. I didn't feel it was fair, like, on her... Fa- you know,
0: none of it was done... Her correctly. mom! I was like, oh, my... My mom, if, do you think that she believed that she actually never told her mom about what happens in that scale I think yeah, that, that a I, I, bit I,
1: yes, all that stuff was tough because it just didn't feel authentic. But like don't get me wrong, like I don't know you know these real family moments, it's tough to judge their authenticity because you don't know how people would deal with it. I mean like it's not a million miles from like conversations I've had with my own mother about like yeah. You know, cuz I remember the the first time I started to bit, like come to terms with the fact that like I should not have been in another country. Like my mother was like, "But you wanted to go." It's like, "Ma, I was fucking 14." Like you don't fucking, yeah, yeah I wanted to go. But like, you don't, you don't let your son go to another fucking country 3,000 miles away. You know, you just don't do that. But like at the same time, so, so her mom's reaction would like, may have been 100% authentic, which is like, had I known, you know, but it might take her a couple of goes to be like, you know what, let me admit to you that. I was so stressed and overly worried because I thought that you were going to fuck up your life. And I made this terrible decision, which yeah. I feel terrible about. But that's not the conversation they had. The mother was like a fucking camera in her face, worried about how she was going to come across. You know,
0: of course, the mind would be the same. But I also understood it from the mother's perspective, because if your daughter is involved in a night scene like that in Hollywood, where it's just like every nightclub is just built on a pyramid of cocaine And she's out all day, all night. Like, what are you going to do? Like, I'd be freaked as well. I think there's something kind of, I respect her mother for trying to do something about it, you know, for not just like letting her kind of go to the hedonistic wolves of the hills. Like she actually tried to pull her back and was like, here, go to this brat girl. I mean, it didn't work out. She
1: made it worse.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she made it worse. If you've loads of money, you're like, well, this is what rich people do with their kids. Just like trower in one of those brat camps.
1: I also like the way they just kind of let it out there, but didn't, didn't uh, push it further. That somehow the, that part of the Hilton clan didn't get a lot of money. Like as if they grew up with the, like in modesty. You know, it's just like a thing of like, oh, the first two kids got a lot of money. The rest of them didn't. Which was the suggestion was that Paris Hilton's dad didn't ha- inherit a lot of cash.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in their eyes, they're probably, you know, like all. So they probably think they are little paupers. But then Nikki was saying when the sex tape thing came out, she was like, we were living in a hotel at the time, so she had to go to the breakfast tables and turn the papers over and. Stuff. She
1: was living in the Ritz Carlton.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> it was so <laughs> tough <young people.
0: laughs> yeah i know but i wouldn't I, even I, afford a coffee in the ritz carlton i wouldn't even be let into the lobby for fuck's sake
1: no well i felt guilty because i did watch that tape and i did feel i felt bad about it. i was like that type of voyeurism is fucked up you know
0: yeah did you ever, it did you ever watch it if you don't know what's happening no i never watched it oh yeah
1: i, I did i have to say
0: it was not i remember it being sold on dvds like i was quite young
1: In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Yeah, I mean I, I, I saw it online, like, you know, with yeah. the Yeah, I I did I I felt guilty. I mean, what are you gonna do? Is just like st- stupid shit you do at the time, but you know, just watching her reaction to it, I was like, yeah, you know, at the time you don't. Well, me personally, at the time, I wasn't really thinking about the emotional. To- but of course, you also buy the story, which is she leaked the sex tape for her own fame, you know.
0: Yeah, but it's, like, I really, you'd know now, wouldn't you, that that just didn't happen. Hundred percent, like the victim of that dick. Yeah, it is. It, I do think it's honestly outside of outside of physical rape. I do think that doing that to a woman is is one of the worst things you can do to her.
1: A hundred percent. It's
0: such 100%. a betrayal of trust and it's such a betrayal of um, your whatever kind of connection you had at the time. And oh, I just think it's horrific. I do think about some of the stuff I've sent to lads and I'm like, Jesus, what do I do? Like if I ever, what would I do? Like if yeah. they ever leave. Yeah, I mean, somewhere. I've, I've got I, a few things like, no out there. no interest to anyone now. But
1: who knows what happens in the future? You know? You didn't. I mean, because of those things, I never record sex. And I've had desire sometimes to like record it and watch like just the two of us. But it's like. Once you like, I assume
0: it? she would have that. I assume she would know that's going on. No, I'm
1: talking about yeah. I'm talking about mutual stuff where you're just like yeah. You know, uh, you're not uh, putting a nanny. No, no no, 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 right. no. But like it's it's I, and it's nothing to do with their reaction. It's I, it, me personally. I, I'm always like even if they wanted to do it, I would always be like. Even though it's just you for, you it, the, it, like
0: what do you do? Do you sit down and look at it with them and, and talk about your technique? I like I don't get the point of a sex tape watching you and your partner have well. Sex tape
1: together and you're like and oh
0: look see what you did with your arm there i'm actually not into that would you mind pulling that back no it, time? it's
1: not like a fucking review t- it's not like a review tape
0: <laughs> three stars three stars
1: it's i guess it's a point of view th- anyway it doesn't matter I, I i wouldn't do it anyway but but you know because it just the risk is the risk is too high you know
0: yeah and uh, i do i actually do i'm never going to send anyone anything anymore again because actually i think now once it's that once you break up with them you can't, you ask them to delete it and they say they did, but I was going out with the lad and I, we broke up and I asked him to delete all the stuff. And then we got back together and I was like, did you delete the stuff? And he's like, no, I didn't actually. And like, I know, you know, you can't, they say they'll delete it, but they probably won't. And then you, you're suddenly in this really kind of, you feel very exposed. And this guy ultimately is going to become a fucking stranger to you over the years and they have all this footage of you. That you don't own anymore, but it's you.
1: Yeah, but also like if At you're your
0: most naked.
1: Yes, yes, but like, like, uh, uh, ch- just chatting with some people on the podcast and stuff. Like, if you, if you're, if you new person, like, asks you to send a dick pic and you send it, like, they are probably going to send it to their, they're going to show their friends. They're going to be like, this, "What do you think of his dick?" You know. So that is the yeah, thing. not you-
0: like, I know, and I, this sounds like I'm victim blaming now, but I think lads kind of know. Like- like i've seen a no, lot no of no, no no and, like, no no no, joanne it's 100 50 50 you gotta
1: go equal like i if i send a dick i do not want and i don't want it shown to anybody i do not I want it
0: ever sh- show i would never if someone sent me a dick pic i would never show it to anyone but i've seen so many dick pics and i've never had one single one sent to me so i've had other people show me the dick pics they've received yeah, yeah, they're the only yeah. dicks i've ever seen in photos yeah except yeah, for like yeah.
1: boyfriends and stuff that's it yeah but so I wouldn't. That, that's I'd,
0: why that's, i would actually feel really guilty i feel like it's I feel like you're kind of. I feel like it's immoral.
1: Actually. Yeah, it is. I think it is. You know, unless yeah. although I chatted to the it gals on X gals. I did their like Patreon app yesterday. It's not up yet, but she was saying that like she sends when if she sends a nude, that she fully expects that he's going to show his friends, and she's very comfortable with that. So it's it's each to their own. Fair enough, I guess I would you know. Be. Yeah, I.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
1: but that's each their own. I don't want anyone. I, if, if I send one, which I don't do, <laughs> I would not want anyone showing my,
0: and I wouldn't even want people knowing that I did it, you know? Well, I just, I'm like, I'm not being bad, but we all know you've done us, come on.
1: I, I don't, I, I haven't sent dick pics since like the early days of the internet. i faced what? all this stuff. I, 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 no, I don't do it.
0: Oh come on, you've never sent Hannah a dick pic.
1: No, no, I we FaceTime, but I've never. I'm just telling you right now, you don't need to challenge me because I I, I I would admit anything I'm into. I admit many things that I'm into. I don't send dick. I don't like my dick being out there.
0: Fair enough. If she screenshot,
1: if she screenshot a fucking FaceTime, that's on her, but I I don't, you know, no way.
0: We all we all need to be more safe. We need to be safer with our images from now on.
1: I mean, that's what I think. But then, you know, everybody has their own, you know, like, it's a great conversation topic. It's a great podcast topic because everybody has their own sort of take on that. But, you know, there's not the same, like, there's not the same, uh, uh, you know, like, like, we know that shoplifting is bad, even though it's actually quite easy to, like, grab a Snickers bar and put it in your pocket. Like, it's quite easy to just, like, rob something small. You get a little bit of a rush, you know? But, like, we know yeah. we, and most of the time we don't do it. You do it once or twice when you're a kid and then you just stop doing it, right? But, like, it should be the same. Like, it should be the same feeling. Of like, if somebody sends you something personal, you show it to a friend, you should know that you're fucking shoplifting. Like, you're doing something. Yeah, quite wrong. I actually
0: think it's worse. That, I think it's worse Like, shoplifting, like, I don't, like, whatever about shoplifting, but like, if I steal a mascara at a Tesco, like, I'm not going to be riddled with guilt. But I don't feel I've violated Tesco. But if I sent a <laughs> lad a picture of my teeth, or like a picture of a naked, sexy picture, whatever, and he sent it to his mates, I would feel genuinely really violated by that. Speaking of shoplifting, I was in my mate's house the other day. And she has, it. we don't have Lurpak butter here. Anyway, I love Lurpak butter, right? I'm you a, like
1: Lurpak butter I over really Kerrygold? Bitch. You should be excommunicated. Yeah, oh, I know. Fuck off. Know. Why don't you just I go know. and, go and fucking join the British Army, you fucking
0: cunt. I'm a terrorist, right? <laughs> anyway, love Lurpak. And I was out from my mate's house and she had the Lurpak out. And it was like one of these giant Lurpaks, the size of like an ice cream tub. And I was like, oh, I love Lurpak. And she goes, yeah, I shoplift them. And I was like, What? <laughs> I know, it's so weird. She's, like, engaged. She's, like, my age, has a house. Like, she's totally she's a, a regular. A klep- she's athlete. a fucking
1: klepto, man.
0: She only robs Lurpak butter.
1: But that's because it's English, and that makes it okay.
0: Her, she's English. This was in London.
1: Oh, this was in London.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not like um, revenge for colonialism or anything. She's <laughs> she's English. <laughs> she, she robs these huge rings of Lurpak butter. She's like, yeah, I'll rob a, I'll ro- I don't pay from lava, rob them. And she, then she puts them in the freezer. And I was like,
1: that is so funny. That's For such a unique years. behind closed
0: every, doors. I know.
1: Everybody's weird, Joanne. Well yeah, that listen, that I was know. a that was a great ep. I have to go only because I have to be done at ten because part of my cohabitance uh, my cohabitants with Hannah is we have to share uh, podcasting windows and she can't have me fucking shouting away while she's doing a podcast at ten o'clock. So I need to be done by ten. And
0: two comics combined. Okay, oh. so tell her is that aloud.
1: I, and I, I can tell you right now that it takes a certain level of, uh, of of acceptance to listen to one-way conversations for long periods of time. So I respect her and she respects me because there's nothing worse than like hearing her responses, but not hearing what the fuck she's responding to. It drives you insane.
0: You need to get a bigger house, Des, in the Hamptons. That's what you need.
1: Are you taking a- Hannah
0: will start making money for the two of you, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, Hannah's going to be my sugar mama. I'm done. I'm done.
0: Sugar mama. <laughs> I told you, you've retired.
1: All right. So listen, I, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. And uh, see you later at Joanne McNally Comedy. Uh, I told you. Oh, yeah. I told you. <laughs> she was doing Insta stories there. All right, I'll see you later. Bye. Uh, oh,
0: she's dead. Yes, I'm, go- I'm on the Jonathan Ross show this Saturday on ITV at ten o'clock. Just if anyone wants to watch
1: it. Jonathan Ross, ITV, ten o'clock. Looks good, actually. Just from I didn't see any clips, but just from images, it looks like it was shot well and everything. Yeah, no, it's
0: good. I think it looks. That's good. good. Very,
1: very exciting. Best of luck with you on that and we'll get you on ASAP. See you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more.